Welcome back to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Today I am joined by Joe Taft of Asheville, North Carolina. Joe is a master in the art of teaching people to heal themselves. And if there is a more pertinent subject for the Wise Athletes Podcast, I can't think of it. The older I get, the more important it is for me to not assume everything is okay with my body. When I was younger, of course, I was always fine, and if not, I'd be ready to go tomorrow. But nowadays, it isn't so easy. I'm convinced the key is to be more aware of what is happening in my body and to deal with the issues as they emerge. A pound of prevention is worth a ton of cure these days. The hard part is knowing what to do. Joe Taft knows how. Joe calls himself a yoga instructor, and while that is true, Joe is so much more. Listen in as Joe helps me to understand how to build intuition for my body, how to learn how to manage my attention to allow me to know what my body is trying to tell me. As athletes, we have learned how to suffer for our sport, but we now need to also learn how to be present in our body, feeling what is really happening, at least some of the time, so we can anticipate and address the issues that arise. Joe shared with me about his journey as an athlete and the practices he learned and now uses and teaches others. I learned a ton and have already started implementing Joe's advice. I hope you find it as useful as I did. All right, let's talk to Joe Taft. Joe Taft, welcome to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Thank you for having me. You came very highly recommended to me. I was just telling a good friend of mine who lives in the Asheville, North Carolina area about my podcast and the audience that I serve. And she says, oh, I have somebody you should talk to. And that was you. And you have graciously agreed to talk to us. You describe yourself as a yoga teacher. That's an unassuming title. I'm guessing that um, you help a lot of people. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you know, your background and how you help people? Yes. My background is that at a younger age, I was an athlete. I spent a lot of time uh, doing a lot of different things. I enjoyed running, yeah. and I was probably maybe even over-exercising. I was a kayak. Uh, I made my, ca- my living by being in a whitewater kayak. Asheville is a good place for that. Amazing, yeah. And I, I wasn't necessarily living in Asheville at the time. I was traveling all over the place mostly, but Asheville okay. was somewhat my home base. Okay. I found myself very injured. Uh, and then I started to go to people, uh, look to people to help me. And I was fortunate. I found some really good people who could help me, but I was also, as I mentioned, a kayaker for a living. So I didn't have a lot of money. Mm. And I decided to, to try to help myself. And, uh, there were a few ways I did that, but one way is I would do yoga. I would just get in a quiet space and, allow for some time and I would just explore what was happening and I found it quite effective. Hmm. And then as I began to do it, I did uh, realize along the way that I needed some help. And so I reached out, this was 28 years ago, maybe I reached out to some people that um, knew more than me and they enhanced my awareness for how to heal myself. And ever since then, I was kind of blown away. I was so empowered by the experience, like so empowered by the experience that I really started studying yoga very deeply. I never had the intention to teach other people. I just wanted to understand it very deeply. And 
as I did that, it just, for whatever reason, the teaching just kind of started to happen. So that's another long story. But the, the piece that I think for this conversation is the part about me healing myself. I guess your journey in learning how to heal yourself allowed you to help other people to yes. and heal then, themselves. Yeah. And then so, so then I started, uh, you know, even when I started teaching, unlike a lot of teachers, when I started teaching, I had a good bit of knowledge because I uh, found one teacher and I traveled all over the, uh, mostly the country with hmm. him. And, um, and so I learned from one teacher and uh, I felt like I had the knowledge to, to teach when I started teaching. And then since I had such a, you could call it like a, an intense one stream of education, like I didn't learn like a lot of different yoga, or I did it first, but then I started like one system. So I felt like I could really help people. Yeah. And, um, and it started, uh, started me helping people biomechanically, you know, almost like a physical therapist type sure. thing. But, uh, sure. but, you know, a physical therapist is, is going to be better at it in a sense, at least for a broader range of stuff because they, you know, now they have a, actually a doctorate in, in, the, in the human body. Yeah. But, um, but one thing that I realized I had along the way was a really, really subtle awareness. Okay. Um, that I begin to see in other people. And, and, and when, I, when you work with people that do yoga, you often work with people who have that kind of subtle awareness. And so working with me on a biomechanical level is, can be quite subtle some of the time. But then also as I worked with more people and I studied, got deeper and deeper into yoga, I learned that not only the biomechanics teaching them in a way that you're going to take care of yourself. Like, don't come back to me. It's basically the, it's basically the, the, the mantra we call it, the, the statement that I want them to say. Uh-huh. And, but also the way that it's presented is not only self-empowering, but it increases just your awareness for yourself. Um, like for example, if you have a, like an injury in the body yeah. and you go in and you're learning like, to feel that and why it's happening and educated on it, then you build awareness around the rest of your life as well. And now we're just, I just switched the conversation to, to, to now really talking about yoga in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, I, I have to say that, I mean, so why, why am I interested in the yoga topic? It's it, yoga has long been in my mind as something that I felt like I should know more about. I mean, of course, at first, when I was a young man, I, I thought it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, this bendy, stretchy, weird poses thing is kind of funny, like Twister or something. Right. I, I came to understand that it was, there was obviously more to it and that it was, you know, people would talk about, you know, this mind and body connection thing, which, again, early in my adulthood sounded like gibberish. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was trying to sell me something and get my get my money. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, and as I've learned from many different directions, there's more than just a little bit of truth. It's like all of the truth around our body is that our brain and our bodies are connected. And it's really more than that they're connected. They really are the same thing. And mm-hmm. I like to, when I'm talking to my kids, I talk about how you can use your brain to affect your body and your body to affect your brain. Well, that's all because it's the same thing. It's sort of like, yeah, I can use my ankle to affect my knee, right? Even though I believe that that is true, I believe 100% 
that, that it's all true, that my brain and my body are all really a part of the same thing. I don't know. I just have never really been able to really live it that way. And so when I have studied, you know, and the various people I've had on the show to learn from and other resources that I've, I've pulled from to try to work on aches and pains in my body and, uh, you know, and, and working on my range of motion and trying to figure out why I'm tight here and loose there and, you know, all these kinds of things. If I don't catch myself, I am always just thinking that it's a body thing. You know, this mm -hmm. muscle is tight and that one is loose. And, uh, and even if I'm thinking in terms of, oh, my brain is remembering, it's remembering that I injured myself doing that, which I believe is true. Mm -hmm. But in my daily practices, that never occurs to me again, that that's true. And that's just the, a thing I say. It's not really a real, it doesn't really have an impact on how I do my, when I wake up in the morning and I do my stretching routine and I do my mobility routine and I do mm -hmm. the things that I do before I then do my exercises and all mm -hmm. of that. None of that, even as of this morning, knowing mm -hmm. that I was going to talk to you today, mm -hmm. included any mental part of that. So I, I'm, I'm struggling to really get this as a part of my life. And, and so I'm, I'm hoping that as a part of this, you're going to be able to share with our audience some things that they can do for themselves. They can get in touch with themselves so that they can heal themselves. That would be great. And then any advice you might have for me and people like me who they really wish that they could get this thing and call it yoga or whatever. What can you do to incorporate these practices that embody this mind-body connection thing? Okay, so uh, there's two ways that I want to answer. You know, I'm thinking you asked me a question there. And uh, somewhere that, in there. that question was, like, what's the big deal? You know, like, what's the big deal about this yoga or this mind-body connection? Well, let, let me just give you the – can I give you the big picture first? Yes, you can. So – the, the big picture is let's let's say you're um, let's say you're riding your bike and you're doing a super big climb and you're pushing yourself and you're exhausted. Okay. But your body is taking over and it's been trained to do it and all your training kicks in and all of a sudden you enter you know what people call the zone. Okay. And now let's say you could put yourself in that zone without the exhaustion. So all of a sudden, now we go, well, are we, are we crushing this climb to get in the zone? You know, because we want, everybody wants to have that experience of being completely immersed in what they're doing. Everybody sure. wants to have that experience. Sure. And whether they know it or not, you know, whether they can put words on it or not. Yeah, flow, I guess. Yeah, to be in the flow. But let's say, like, you kind of trained yourself to be in the flow and you didn't have to crush the climb. You could just turn it on. You could just turn it on because you've practiced. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for me, when I think of like the wise athlete, you know, if you're like me and you tend to overexercise, which I, for the record, I still love to overexercise. And sure. I still love to crush the climbs. Sure. You know, like, like I still love that. But let's say you could get in the zone, but you didn't have to basically what we call like rob your life force. Like when you, when you deplete yourself that much, you're kind of killing yourself a little bit. That's how it works. At least according to the yoga tradition. 
Well, and even in non-yoga tradition, like in cycling, you do too much and then you have to, you take so long to recover that you start to lose the benefit of the workout. Exactly. Exactly. So let's say now let's even step it down a little bit. Like let's say, cause that's the big picture. Everybody wants to be in the zone. Do you have to do, do you have to go up the climb? No, you don't have to do that. If you've kind of trained yourself to be in the flow, mm-hmm. but let's say, let's say you injured yourself. So let's step this down to like an everyday I run or I bike or I do some kind of uh, athletic performance, which I love, and you injure yourself. But but you've practiced, you've been practicing like this breathing or this meditation or whatever it is. Let's talk about breathing because most people can grasp that. Mm-hmm. And then you go, you're injured, and then all of a sudden you can't do your thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But you've been training your attention. And you've been training your attention around your breath. And, then, and now you're injured and you go, you know what? I can't train. But I understand being in the flow and I understand like the breath so well that I can get myself back in that state, even when I'm not going up the hill. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to, I'm going to climb the hill, but I'm going to just use my breath. Mm. And it's happening now. Like I've been waiting for this to happen. I read something not longer. I can't remember what it was, but it's like some of the top cyclists, they're like, they're, they're learning like these breath exercises where they, they literally they build up carbon dioxide in their system like when they're injured or even super high end athletes like are now doing exercises where they build up carbon dioxide in their system by holding their breath. Yeah. And then that builds up in their body, gets used to it. And all of a sudden now they're higher level of CO2 in the body and the body's okay with that. So now you're not like, instead of climbing, you get back on your bike and climb up the hill instead of going, because <gasps> you're exhausted. You train your body to be like, to have a le- higher CO2 level in your system. So now you're like, even though your body's like working really hard, smooth breathing. So it sounds Does like it's, it's, it's sort of like, um, it's like visualization of, of some activity, but engaging the physiology at the same time. So you're getting some training effect. On this, on, on this down to earth level, yes. I'm okay. saying you can do a lot in your own little private quiet space. That's all I'm saying. Okay. With a lot of awareness, because that's really the, the really the talk that we're having here on, you know, the talk of yoga is yeah. about your own awareness and increasing that own awareness and whether you, and, and, you know, you could, again, you could call that getting in the zone, having your awareness to a point that you can like hop into the zone when you want. Yeah. Now that's, that, you know, it's easy to say it, but it's a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of work, just like if you want to um, play a tennis match or do a run and you're going to do and you really want to excel. I mean, you got to practice. It's just like anything else you have to practice. But I just believe, especially for the uh, for the aging athlete or for the aging person in general, I really believe in the power of just doing things with a high level of attention or what we call a high level of presence. That's interesting. That's so hard to do these days with my smartphone beeping at me. And But you're saying that if we will just focus our attention on just the one thing, that'll, that'll have some benefit to us. On this level, yoga is a conversation about your attention, yeah. how you place it and the quality of it. See, attention's so regular in our lives, we don't even think we can do anything with it. It's just always there. It's kind of like, you're like, oh my gosh, like it's the sun's shining. Of course the sun's shining. It's always shining. You don't think about it most of the time. 
but attention is even like more regular than that. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can start to recognize that your attention is the most important thing in your life and you want to train your attention, then I think uh, that's a really powerful skill set, whether you're like a racer or a hobbyist or whatever it is. Okay. You've convinced me. I, I can buy into this idea that my attention is the most important thing I have and that I should learn how to use it well, since it's the most important thing that I have. The only example that I employ regarding that in my life at the moment is around sleeping. When I'm when I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about work, probably mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some stressful thing which my mind has is working on in the background, and I shallowed out enough in my sleep, and boom, it's in the front of my mind now, and my cortisol is rising, and my mm-hmm. adrenaline is rising, and mm-hmm. I'm. I can feel my sleepiness disappearing, mm-hmm. even though it's only three in the morning and that's going to be it. And I've been working on this, I don't know, for 15 years and I still suck at it, but it at least it happens automatically. I don't have to think about that. I want to do this. And that's my mind goes into thinking about my breath in mm. and out in and out. And, and, mm. and the idea is that this is what I was told. You can't think about nothing. You have to fill your mind with something. And if I fill it with just thinking about my breath, then it won't be filled with these stressful things, which cause my body to start to say, oh, I better wake up so that I can, you know, protect my family from the, the bear mm-hmm. and fill my mind with these, this boring thing of air goes into my lungs and then air goes out of my lungs, you know, again and again and again, and eventually I'm asleep. So this is the one area where I have had some experience in what you're describing and being good at that some of the time, at least has really made a big difference in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm willing to buy into this notion that my attention is the most important thing I have and I need to be skilled at how I use it. So how do I learn to do that? Well, um, you know, like for example, like I wake up every morning and I just sit still and I recognize where my attention is. And sometimes I even have the, uh, uh, I do different types of meditation, but like one thing, for example, is I just watch where my attention tends to be going. And it's kind of interesting because we call it getting shanghaied, you know, like you get pulled to the other side of the planet. Like you do, you get kind of taken away. You get a, a thought comes by and it like takes you away. Mm-hmm. But then you, but then you recognize it. And the more you do it, you recognize that your attention got pulled away and then you bring it back again. So you don't have to accept that. You don't have to say, oh, I'm going to have to deal with that. My mind has run off to the other side of the planet. You can just notice that it did that and let it come back. And just noticing it brings it back. And it's the same way as having a, a, a puppy. If you have a puppy, the puppy is obviously going to be curious and it runs off. And we want our pup, we want the puppy to like go and do and play and do cool things. I mean, everybody wants their puppy to just be a puppy. Sure. But at the same time... If we don't train the puppy, bad things are going to happen when it's like 100 pounds or whatever. So, so, yeah. so we have to train the puppy at least a little bit. So it's, it's really simple. You just, your, your mind runs off because your mind is a lot like a puppy. And you just ask your mind to come back. And, and, uh, and, I, and it goes again, just like a puppy. <laughs> the puppy runs off again. And you're just really kind about it. And you, you bring it back again. But there's all these tricks you can do. 
For example, if you use your breath to get yourself in a certain state, that's like petting the puppy and calming the puppy down every time he comes back and he starts to kind of, his nervous system calms down so he doesn't run off so quick. So is this like slowing your breathing to calm yeah. down and yeah, speeding well, it up to yeah, become yeah. alert? Yeah, you could speed it up at the beginning to become more alert and kind of maintain that alertness and then start to slow it down some. Just different yeah. people, it depends on your own constitution, what's going to work best for you. Uh-huh. But yeah, the, like that's one example. Like you breathe uh, pretty deep at first and that sharpens your mind. And then, but then once you start to get into the meditation, you calm the breath. So you kind of maintain this place between sharp awakeness and relaxation. It's, it's like riding a, uh, walking a tight rope wire. If you fall to the left, you're, you're so sharp that you're agitated and your mind will run off. Yeah. And the other side is your mind's so dull. You fall the other direction that your mind's so dull and you kind of rock, walk the type rope between the two. Okay. So this is, this is, uh, this is the practice on, some, you know, on a deeper level. We, I don't know how we got right on the deeper level. I actually made a little outline <laughs> of what we we're going to talk about. We got, right to the, we got right to what I put at like the very end. But so we'll kind of might need to go in reverse order. We'll come back to your, your outline here. And I'm sorry that I, <laughs> no, no, I, I often I, do this. I, I make oh, trouble I not, for people. Oh, I am not committed to the outline. I, I like this. I like it. Well, so I, I don't know if there's a good stopping point. The big lesson for me so far has been that my attention is the most important thing I have and I need to become skilled at how I use it and not let my phone and the things that I have put in my life dictate where my attention goes. Mm. And to do that, I just need to practice. I need to adopt some practices that I do regularly and I can get better over time. Did I pick up that right? Yes. Perfect. Is that a good stopping place and go maybe back to some simpler things? Yeah. One of the things that would be wonderful for me and perhaps my audience as well would be often we know that we have a problem with our body, although maybe it's not just our body, it's just mind body connection thing, Mm -hmm. but we have a problem because we have pain. Mm -hmm. It feels like pain in my body. Mm -hmm. And then the question becomes, well, how do you know what the real problem is? And then what can you do about it? Uh, I mean, aside from taking painkillers or going to your doctor who's going to spend five minutes with you and prescribe you a painkiller because they don't have time really to figure out what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. What can people do on their own to understand what really is wrong and what can they do to resolve it? And maybe in some cases, it's a serious problem and they can't resolve it and they need to get professional help. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm really into kind of being your own doctor, uh-huh. and that's empowering. You know, that's my story, and I want that to be the story of everybody that I work with. Yeah, I like that story. Yeah. I want to be my own doctor. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if you think about it, you're like, well, the doctor knows so much. Well, I don't, I don't know about your doctor, but I sure hope my doctor takes continuing education courses. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. that's who we are. We're, we're the doctor. Do we, what, do we need help? Some? Yeah, we need help. We yeah. go get help, and then... And then that increases our awareness even more. So it's a cyclical thing. You're, you kind of like have this deep awareness because remember, it's about your attention. And specifically mm. in yoga, it's about having your attention in your body. Mm. Now, you can have your attention outside of your body and you could, you know, you can greet your wife or, you know, your friend or your dog with a higher level of attention or they are going to appreciate that. Oh, my gosh, they're going to appreciate that big time. 
But in this context, for you know, being an athlete, it's about having your attention in your body. Mm. And having your attention in your body is a really powerful skill set. Sometimes when we're, I remember times in my life when I was really pushing myself hard, I would kind of push my attention out of my body so I could kind of go through the pain. Or you look at like Lance Armstrong, who had like stage four cancer. And it was like horrendous before he even knew it because he was so good at just avoiding the pain. Mm. So, and I'm, I'm kind of coming from the other perspective. I'm, I'm tr- trying to say, hey, for the, for the wise athlete, man, let's don't do that. Let's keep our attention re- really in our body yeah. and really feel what's happening and educate ourselves. Like, and so when we educate ourselves, we inform that intention, that, a, a, a t- excuse me, that a, a attention that we have in our body we inform it when we go to the doctor. We don't get help from them. We just inform our attention. And so, yeah. so then when it's just a subtle little change in mindset, I mean, you're already, we're already doing that already. Right? And so now you go into your, your room and you stretch out a little bit, or you, maybe you lift weights. It doesn't matter. But whatever you're doing, you have this high level of attention and you're constantly educating yourself and you truly become a wise athlete that way yeah. because um, you're cultivating the wisdom because it's it's more about cultivating the wisdom than it is even like take like fixing yourself. Let's let the fixing the self be the side effect of becoming wise about our own body. That's kind of what I'm trying to decide. Kind of defining yoga as like a really down to earth in the body experience. Okay. That, you can, does that land at all? It does. I'd like to talk. I'd like you to talk about how. Do we do this? I can remember moving out of my body and tolerating terrible suffering for a performance objective. I'm actually quite good at that. I mean, if, yeah. if we we're talking about like things that we're skilled at, I'm skilled at suffering. Yes. And I don't think that that actually is good for me. It's not good for my longevity and my durability to suffer, to make myself suffer. And so I'm trying to move away from that. I fall in back into it because that's kind of habitual. I, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I get into a race and I, I was going to do a zone two workout and I'm hitting max heart rate again. It's like, how the hell did that happen? Dang it. Yes, I get it. I totally get it because I'm, I'm the same way. I love that. So um, I think the suffering is healthy on a soul level. I just don't think it's healthy on, a, on like a body level. So I, I do think it's healthy. I don't want to okay. say that it's not okay. because, you know, it's like, I mean, do you want to eat like a half a carton of ice cream? Man, that's just so good for my soul sometimes. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know, so is it healthy? Yeah, it's healthy. You know, am I, am I not going to be able to digest, digest my food? There's no way you can digest a half carton of ice cream, you know, <laughs> but man, it's healthy. So, so, uh, but if, but if we're talking about healthy in like the classic sense, yeah, then, you know, at being, I'm 50, you know, 60, 70, uh, you know, 70 years old, pushing yourself to the point that you're, uh, you know, the way we used to say it in cycling is, you, you know, you have like a pack of cigarettes a season. You get to burn a, a cigarette every time you kind of go to your max heart rate. You only get a pack per right. season. I don't know how you think about it, but if you do it too much, it's even going to wreck your season because you can only do that a certain yeah. amount. Yeah. You know, but, but in the aging concept too, according to yoga, it's the same way you burn too many cigarettes and you just kind of, you're depleting yourself to the point that it's not healthy. So yeah. is it good for your soul? Yeah. 
Um, is it so good for your soul that it actually gives more cigarettes? I believe so. Like you buy a new pack if it's that good for your soul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's the way I like to think about it. But um, all right. But but yeah. So the answer to your question, I'm kind of jumping around your question. So like, how do we do this? Like, how do we like increase our attention in a way that we can really like be our own doctor? So we're cultivating the sense of wisdom, which we're call, we'll call yoga, right? On some level, this this down to earth level, we're really cultivating the sense of yoga, cultivating the sense of attention to really take care of ourselves. So the answer is, um, which I've kind of said already, is we really get sensitive. We really get in our body and we really get sensitive to what's happening. And we, with a high level of attention, we explore. We stretch here. We do a little strengthening there. We see like, wow, that hamstring. Wow, so tight. You know, really gentle at first until you know what you're doing at least. Um, you're really gentle with what's happening in your body. You stretch, not, not, and you stretch to bring balance and you strengthen to bring balance. But more importantly, you do it to cultivate the sense of awareness. That's it. So, so if you want if I really wanted to break it down, you know, like you take the time out of your day to do, let's say, let's say 10 minutes and you cut off your cell phone. You don't answer your cell phone. You, you do all these things to create a quiet space. And you get really sensitive in your body. Like what's happening in my body? And you ask the question, you get curious, like what's happening in my body. You really feel as you move your body around, like, what do I need? Do I need to strengthen that place? Do I need to stretch here? And that starts the, the journey of the wisdom on an in the body level. That's interesting. Uh, and so, uh, so here's another thing I've just learned about yoga, this thing that I have always wondered about. And that's that, these poses are not the thing. They're not the objective. They are just a way of being in experiencing my body and seeing how it's feeling so that I can then know how I am. And maybe with an instructor or maybe if I've learned enough, I know what to do now that I have discovered a little bit about myself today, you know, different from yesterday or the day before. I'm, I'm tighter yes, here okay. than I usually am. And that might be because I haven't worked out in a while, or maybe it's because I worked out mm -hmm. really hard yesterday, or maybe it's because my mind is afraid that I'm mm -hmm. going to hurt myself in some way. Uh, I mean, you could be tight for all kinds of reasons. And I suppose this exploration, this being in touch with myself, that you're describing is about trying to understand that there is something and then the, what is it? Why? And trying to overcome it, whatever is the source. I'm tweaked. Well, I, maybe I didn't even know I was tweaked until I had a little quiet time and I go, Oh my gosh, I'm actually tweaked a little bit. Yeah. And then you go, you go, well, yeah, I mean, you can ask the question, you know, you can bring the mind in a little bit. Or, of course, you're trying to have a little time where it's, there's not a lot of mind and you're trying to use your intuition. But, you know, bring the mind in some and say, man, that's interesting. I'm tweaked. Huh. You know, that's so interesting that uh, I'm tweaked and all I did was, a, you know, a ride like I do always or I do a run like I always do. And, you know, it's in the body. The information's in the body, usually. Not all the time, but usually it's in the body. And then as you get quiet, you go, oh my gosh, it actually wasn't the ride. It was getting out of the car. I caught myself, but I, I actually, I tweaked a little bit. Did you, did you follow that? 
you know, the part that I'm not getting is how do I get to this having this intuition? I don't know how to leap to it. So that's it. That's that's it. You, so that's that's the ten minutes. You take the ten minutes. I'm just saying ten minutes. Uh, whatever you know. Uh, sometimes it's an hour for me. Or for years it was two and a half hours. That's just too much time for any normal person. But but uh-huh. you know you take your ten minutes and you practice becoming more sensitive. So just the experience of knowing what I am feeling in my own body over time, I will start to develop an intuition for something is off. And then maybe over a longer period of time, yeah. what is That's right. causing so remember it? Remember the puppy? So the puppy kind yeah. of runs away and you bring the puppy back. It's the same thing in your yoga because yeah. that's the practice of yoga on some level. So you come back into your body over and over and you get better and better at being in your body. And your t- intuition yeah. awakens and you let that intuition speak to you. And then you have to inform it too. Remember the doctor? You got to go to the doctor because you're like, I don't know what's happening. Or you go to a yoga teacher. Yeah. Uh, most yoga teachers don't really maybe know the body super well, but you go to like a, a PT or whoever and you you get information and then you come back and you bring that intuition in again and you let the information inform the intuition in the same way that intuition informs information. And you really yeah. go deeper into that experience. And that's what I call becoming your own doctor. That sounds good. Uh, you know, I'll tell you that uh, you might have advice on how to get around this. I mean, the problem with this, uh, uh, it's not a problem, it's just hard, is that, you know, I get up in the morning, I'm sort of in a hurry, right? <laughs> yes. I've, I've only got so much time. I've got to get my stuff ready. I've got to do my stretching and I got to get on my bike and I got to get my workout on and then I got to get, you know, the shower and then I, you know, and it's like, I only have so much time yeah. and I got you know, and it's like, I got five minutes to relax. Okay, relax now. Yeah, the clock that, is ticking. It's like, that's hard. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't really work. So, um, well, I think I start off by saying it's not for everybody. Mm. You know, I don't really think like a, a yoga practice is for everybody. Uh, but some, of, some people, it will help to, you know, like put it on your list. You know, build it into your day. So it starts to become part of your, part of your day. And the other thing is, for the people that are um, maybe don't have the time, uh, maybe if you're not doing like a community ride or a community run or whatever your exercise is, if you're doing it by yourself, maybe you increase your sensitivity instead of thinking about like your regular pattern of thinking when you're on your ride or whatever, mm-hmm. you drop in a little more deeper in your body. And, and then you let your ride or your run or your whatever it is, you let that be your yoga practice. And you call it a yoga practice, so to speak. I mean, not you don't call it whatever you want, but you go, man, I'm going to really be, I'm going to be really be present for this yoga practice. So let them, instead of just going on autopilot, which is what we all do, not going to be on autopilot this time. I'm going to do the next 10 minutes. Start with 10 minutes. I'm going to do the next 10 minutes, totally present. I'm only riding moment to moment because moment to moment awareness is the hardest thing that we can do. It's training the puppy is what, that teaches us to do it out of the world. And to me, that's what like makes life become technicolor. If I could do it while I was driving my car. Perfect. Perfect place to start. I have time there. Perfect. I mean, the, of course, what I do now is I listen to podcasts, but I'm not training my attention. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, because you're you're interested enough. It, it's almost like it has to be something that it breaks. It's you're kind of chat. You're trying to challenge yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so maybe instead of doing the podcast podcast the whole time, maybe do like five minutes, no podcast, just driving, and that can be your meditation. You know, you don't have to sit on a cushion. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Take take something that's normally a means to an end. Like, do you ever have to wash the dishes? Yeah. You do? Oh, I have to all the time. That doesn't okay. mean I do it. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like something like washing the dishes. Yeah. And just see if you can do that. Instead of it being a means to an end, do it moment to moment. Yeah. And when you do that, it's going to seep its way into your workout. And then when you do it moment to moment, you're not going to have two things going on in your workout anymore. You're going to have one thing and you're going to burn less energy. You know, I will say that I have often used it as a a question that I'll I'll ask people. You know, when you are in the car or you're in a quiet place, do you ever just let it be quiet? Or do you have to turn something on? I have to turn on the radio or I have to turn on the news or I have to turn on a podcast. And if they can't do that, they're bored to death. They can't stand it. They can't Mm -hmm. sit with their own thoughts. Totally. I'm one of those people who... I always find something to do because I'm busy. I'm a, I, you know, my time is full and I want to, and I've got all these podcasts that I want to listen to. And so now's a good time. I've got nothing to do. Yes. But what I'm lis- missing out on is the ability to practice having control over my attention. You're saying, and I think, and I'm buying into this idea that I should take some time every day and invest in myself by just being in my thoughts and learning to train the puppy to, when it runs off, let it come back until it becomes more instinctive that my thoughts are under my own control and I don't feel bored and my thoughts don't run off to the other side of the planet, you know, to repeat things that we've been talking about. I'm going to do that, I swear. Well, you know, the, the kind of the, the argument from the perspective of an athlete is, you'll be a better athlete if you train the mind to be more present in what you're doing. I like to use like Roger Federer as an example, you know, the tennis player, Roger Federer. Sure. Like how was this guy so good? Like, I mean, look at some of the players that he played against. I mean, like Rafa Nadal, like I was like, you can look at Rafa Nadal and go, that guy is an insane athlete. Yeah. He's just like massive muscle, crazy fast. Roger Federer just looks like this ordinary guy. Well, I have a hypothesis. Just bear with me for a minute. I have a hypothesis that this guy knows how to calm his mind down. And one reason I say that is because I watched an interview by him a long time ago. And uh, they go, what's one of your secrets to being so effective as of so many years playing tennis? And he goes, well, I can fall asleep anywhere. Isn't that an interesting answer? I can fall asleep anywhere. That is, it sounds like a non sequitur, but it it means I don't understand what he means. Oh, you don't understand what he means by that? I can fall asleep anywhere? Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to say is he can, he can be so relaxed in his mind that he can just fall asleep anywhere. Yeah, that's totally not me. Uh, I I wish I had that skill. Maybe I could develop it if I practiced my attention. I don't have it either like that, but I do, but I have, um, but I can relax now in the middle of the day if I need to, if I'm tired, or I can fall asleep for a few minutes if I need to. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation piece. But <laughs> All right. Well, so now I have another 
goal, which is to be able to fall asleep anywhere? Well, I think that'll just happen. You, that doesn't have to be a goal. I think that'll just start to happen as you, you know, you work on just this being present, you could say, or this, this uh, training the puppy, so to speak. Well, you know, I'm not terribly far from it. I, I'm, I've never been a good napper, and, and I think that's related to this topic. But I was just at the dentist yesterday, mm-hmm. and that is one of those moments when you have to calm your mind. And mm. I suppose it, what, it, it was not really being present in my body. It was being not present in my body. So maybe it's not really the same thing. But I was able to do my breathing, <clears throat> and I was able to not essentially suffer Yes. While I was going through this really unbelievably long experience. So maybe if I can do that, I can learn to relax anywhere. Yeah. Well, you've already indicated, like, I mean, just what you said, like you wake up in the night and you go, oh, well, I just breathe and I go back to sleep. I mean, do you know how huge that is? Do you know how many people, I mean, people come to me all the time and they wake up in the night and they can't go back to sleep. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, in a sense, you're just already good at it compared to the average person is what I'm hearing at the dentist. You did it at the dentist. I mean, you have this skill set already. Well, it's 15 years of work. I I can still remember the first time I listened to a meditation tape Hmm. that I had bought 10 years before that and then never listened to it. And I Mm -hmm. finally listened to it and it was an amazing experience. And I swore I was going to do it every day. And then I didn't do it for five more years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's this thing whether it's meditation or yoga, it's this, it's something about it that really appeals to me and I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. And, mm. and when I am successful at it, it's going to make a big difference in my life. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, my first, my first experience was actually, uh, I was, I got really like I was in, in high school. I loved to play sports. Like I was I played soccer. I played baseball really young, but I played soccer in high school. And I also got in tennis in high school, like before high school, even, but I get, played college tennis anyway. And I was like, you know, I played serious tennis Yeah. and I had a, I had a coach and he was a sports psychologist. Wow. That was his degree was sports psychology. So he would work with me and he would, he would, uh, you know, we would hit the ball. And then, and to me, this story is like the re one of the reasons I got into yoga, but I didn't even know it till I was like 25 years later. But after we'd hit balls, he would have a conversation. How'd you feel? You know, what was going on? You know, what do you feel right now? And I was mm. like, oh, interesting. And then he gave me this tape. You know, it's back in the day of like cassette tapes. Yeah. He gave me this tape. He goes, I want you to listen to this tape and I want you to visualize winning tomorrow. All right. So he'd get me, the tape would just get me really relaxed. I'd get really relaxed. It would bring my attention in. And then he'd have me visualize. And the tape would kind of come to an end. And then it was my job to visualize me winning. And I huh. swear I started beating people that were better than me. Wow. And that's, to me, that's what we're talking about here. It's like to, to train the mind to be more effective. Wow. Roger Federer. Yeah. So that was my, that was my original yoga te- teacher, you know, was a sports psychologist. All right. This has already been tremendously helpful to me. I'm anxious to know what else would you want to say to me, to, my, to our audience here? I mean, you, you had made an outline and, and, and we've eaten up almost all of our time, but we do have a little bit of time left. And I want to leave a little time so that people can know how they can find you or more about what you, know, you teach. I know that you got some videos on uh, YouTube, uh, which I, I was watching. But before we get into that, what, 
else would you want to tell us? Yeah, so I would want to say, um, if I want to do a little recap, I would say, uh, you know, like first level, just first thing, like phase one, level one, don't underestimate its power though. Number one, find something that's a means to an end and do it fully. Washing the dishes, but don't think about anything other than what you're doing. Or, or driving. Or driving. Yeah. Okay. That's um, my deal. I'm going to do that. Yeah. All right. And you'll be a better driver. Because how do people I, get in accidents? They think they're thinking about something else and they get in an accident. They even, and then what do they say? They go, I wasn't thinking about, I, I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. It's not what happened. You were thinking about something other than what you were doing. Right. Or even sometimes they go, I wasn't thinking. They just say the phrase, I was not thinking. Oh, sure. And, uh, you were thinking about something else. Okay. So be mindful about something which is a means to an end, something that's really simple that you could do oh. without thinking, but think about it. That's right. That's phase one. Phase number two, if you want to go a little deeper, if whatever level, whatever athlete that you are, do your thing, but dedicate a certain, especially if you're doing it by yourself, like if you're doing a training day by yourself, do the same thing. Be super mindful in your training. I didn't follow. You don't just assume and you don't go into your pa pa normal patterning of thinking. You do it like it's the first time you've ever done it, even though you've done that training routine over and over. It's a little more advanced. How do I do that? You're talking like beginner mind yes, type exactly. thing, but I don't, I don't know how to do that. Then um, if you're a runner, then you need something to start with. Start with your feet touching the ground. Think about your feet and how they hit not the ground. Yes, yeah, not even thinking about it. It's placing your attention at your feet as the feet touch the ground. That's like, that's a okay. great beginner thing. Okay. So maybe on the bike, it's like breath. Your, oh, your breath. Okay. Breath. I was thinking like your pedal stroke and are, are you pedaling in circles, but you're saying just your breathing. Yeah. Just be more conscious of your breathing. Don't see breathing's mundane. It's just like washing the dishes. It's always there, but try to make it conscious. You'll okay. learn so much. You will learn so much. Okay, good tip. I'm going to try that. So the next thing, if you want to take this a little more seriously, you just carve out 10 minutes a day and you, you get on the floor or whatever and you just stretch and move. Maybe it's not even stretching. Maybe it's just moving in different ways and breathing into different parts of your body to increase your, your awareness in your body. Bring the puppy dog, bring the mind into the body. And you breathe into these places, you move these places, you stretch these places. And that's where we really start becoming our own doctor. Am I like actually visualizing being inside my shoulder? No, you're just feeling your, you're just feeling your, like right now, like right now, just close your eyes uh -huh. and place your attention in your right shoulder. Go relax your whole body, but rest your attention in your right shoulder. Now your left shoulder. Now your hands, go to your hands. Bring your attention into your hands. What do you feel in your hands? Like a tingling maybe or a- Like a, a heartbeat. Yeah, like a heartbeat, a tingling. Yeah, that's good. They so that's feel just, a little warm. That's just being in your body. You don't have to think about it. See how the intent, intuition kind of takes over? Warm, tingling. Yeah, just this notion of being quiet in my own mind is so- weird you were not saying anything while i was doing what you told me to do and suddenly i could feel it again it was like oh that's sort of like meditating that's a powerful experience 
why do I only do that like once every five years? Yeah, yeah. I, every time I do it, I think I gotta do that every day. Yeah. And then I don't. Meditating sitting still is not the place to start. Okay. That's the worst place because it's the hardest. Uh, as soon as you get your body still, your mind freaks out. So you start like doing a little something like a little stretch or a little, like a little weight training or a little, you know, riding your bike. And then you, as you cultivate the awareness that one day you're like, you know what, I'm just going to sit still and do it. You know, so don't, I don't encourage people right from the beginning to just try to sit in meditation. Okay. Still on a cushion, especially if they're like a, you know, an endurance athlete, they can't even like, you know, their hips don't even allow them to sit. Like you just lie down, you know, people are like, you got to sit upright. No, just lie down, walk, you know, walk, ride your bike, yeah. maybe lie down. Maybe after you lie down for a while, maybe you can sit up later, but it's so hard to just sit still for people. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And then, you know, the next thing is, to, um, is once you get some 10 minutes of really feeling in there, then get some education, you know, and, and increase the wisdom. So what is that like? Yeah. Go to a teacher. Uh, get some help uh, from a teacher. Go to a yoga teacher. Maybe there's something a little you feel in there. Go to go to a uh, go to an acupuncturist, or or, yeah. or go to a, a physical therapist, or go to a, um. I mean, who knows? You might find you need, need to go to a therapist. You know, <laughs> like a psychotherapist. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to come up? But I, um, I think it's a great uh, it's a great uh, journey. It's to just, um, yeah. I think yoga is just a, a great path to be on, and I'm a, I'm a big fan, and and uh, I'm sold on it. Yeah, well, no doubt you are. How can people find you? You're in the Asheville area. Do you ever travel, or, or yeah, I did. Your I, I did travel a long, a long time ago, and then I, my daughter started eight, getting a little older, and I stopped traveling. And now I mostly just teach classes at Asheville Yoga Center. Off, uh, at most of them at the Asheville Yoga Center, I teach about five classes a week, which is not a lot. Okay. But then I also teach teacher trainings and continuing education. And then I work with people privately as a yoga therapist. So I have these kind of these different, uh, it keeps it really fresh. I'm working all these different ways. Sure. And how do people find you yeah. for your private practice? Yeah. So, um, so just, they can uh, write me through joetaftyoga.com, my, my newsletter. Um, right now I'm not doing social media. I figured out that the social media is more powerful than my yogic powers. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so sometimes I like, uh, I take, I take little breaks from social media, which is not good for my work. Uh, it's probably as pro- good for your health, but though. it's really good for my health. So, <laughs> um, so I'm taking a break from that right now. Fantastic. All right. Well, Joe, this has been great. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed listening to so many of your other podcasts. Uh, um, oh, thank you. That was, that's been uh, really great. You're a great interviewer and you've, uh, you've had some really a couple of the ones I listen to really good guests. So I feel honored to be here. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. And uh, Joe, I hope we'll uh, actually meet in person someday. And buddy, you have a great day. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining my discussion with Joe Taft about learning how to heal yourself. Joe is a real wizard and I learned a ton. I hope you enjoyed it as well. 